Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify. Hi, ladies and gentlemen, this is the e-commerce growth show Adriatic, and today I'm super excited to host Chris out. Chris is a business growth expert, and he is not afraid to admit that he has failed quite a few times while trying to find his way, but now he runs a successful growth agency. Today, in this webinar, you will find out what is growth hacking, should growth hacking start at day zero, which are the most important steps in growth hacking, how the growth hacking is both a process and a mindset, three levers of growing your business, and much, much, much more. So I'm super happy to have you on this webinar. Please enjoy. So um, I would like you to start. So could you tell something about yourself and... Uh... Maybe we should start with that. Yeah, sure. So my name is uh, Chris Out. Uh, I've just recently sold my uh, growth hacking agency uh, and I now run an online business together with my wife, uh, which you can find on chrisout.com, uh, where we help entrepreneurs to grow their business with, uh, with digital products and uh, uh, growth consulting and one-on-one -on -one coaching. Yeah, okay. So um, I believe that growth hacking is quite a buzzword these days. So there are many growth hackers. So the question is, what exactly is growth hacking? Well, the thing with growth hacking is it exists for a lot of years already. Uh, and I think Sean Ellis coined the term as high tempo testing, high tempo experimentation. Uh, and the problem with the word hacking is that a lot of people don't really understand what that exactly means, the, the hacking part. They think they have to be dodgy or scammy or do some kind of like crazy trick to... Uh, to steal uh, money from people. It has but, a connotation, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but as how I see it and how I've used it with all my clients is that hacking is really trying to find that spot in a system, that, that weak spot, that one area where there's a bottleneck or with a small twist, you can have a huge upside potential. Uh, and so with my new business, how we changed growth hacking, uh, instead of like looking for the hacks, we are actually saying, can you look for the growth levers? So what's really a big lever for growth mm -hmm. that moves your entire business up? Uh, and I've created together with my wife an entire cheat sheet on that with 23 uh, pages on like how you can do that uh, step by step, uh, which we can talk later on uh, maybe about. But yeah. I think the growth hacking is, is a very nice word. It's all about fast experimentation, uh, but there are some issues with it. Yeah, okay, we should uh, discuss this issue later, but first, let's say I'm a small web store. I just uh, set it up in the, I don't know, WooCommerce. I have Google Analytics running. I have, uh, I'm spending money on uh, Facebook ads. Now, is this the moment that I should start about thinking about growing or, or, or systematic growing, which you mentioned? Yeah, so I think that uh, there's also a lot of discussion around that. But what I believe is that growth hacking starts at day zero. Uh, and I think people who say that it only starts after a certain point in your business, I don't agree with that. I really think that if you're really smart and strategic, uh, you can start from day zero. So the situation that you're explaining, that's a perfect day to start with, with growth hacking. And the first thing that you want to do is when you have these ads running and people are coming to your website, are they actually buying from you? Uh, and do you see good conversion rates? Uh, and two things can happen. People either buy from you 
And that's a great thing. And you want to understand why that is. So you can double down on what works. And if people don't buy from you, what you then can do is ask them, hey, like, what, what's wrong with this offer? Uh, like, should I try to sell you something different? Should I uh, change the copy? Should I change the messaging? And what you do with growth hacking is you run a lot of experiments to figure out if things work. And if they work, you double down on it. And if they don't work, you try to learn as fast as, as possible from it. And you do a new experiment and see if that works better. Okay, so uh, if I if I do it right, so it means from start day, day zero. And uh, we had another great talk. The other day, it was about targeted marketing. Is this targeted marketing? Is this some part or integral part of, of growth hacking? I, I think targeted marketing is, is part of growth hacking. So yeah, growth hacking has different phases. So you first want to figure out does my product really fits the market? Do we do we create something? Do we have something in place that when people buy it and they use it, that they would be very disappointed if they can't use it anymore? And if that works, then you really double down on that. And in some areas, targeted marketing is really important. In other areas, it's just like one-on-one -on -one sales calls. It's uh, calls outreach. Like you can do all kinds of different things, uh, but the targeted uh, marketing is definitely one uh, one way and how you can run experiments. So we are trying to say, instead of brutally persuading people to buy, we need to first figure out if our product is right or. So you, uh, I think it all, it all starts with like, what's, what do you see as the essence of business? And what I believe is that when you sell somebody a product, it's because when they use that product, they have a better life after that. They either make more money or they feel more relaxed or they have better relationships. Uh, but then if you're able to provide that, do you also understand how they articulate that, how they see that? Because if you understand that and you put that on your website, then people who are similar as that person who is already happy, they will instantly connect with that and they will buy from you. And I think that's a very smart and strategic way to first understand what, what triggers people. And if you are then able to place it on a website, you can actually start to predict that if I get more of those people in, that my business will actually start to grow. So actually what you're saying is that growth is a mindset, not, so, not as a process, but more of a mindset. It, it's both. It, it starts with a mindset. So you want to be very strategic and... A big part of growth is experimentation. And what that means is that a lot of things will also go wrong. So like I can show you examples even from today that I run experiments where I was like, I'm so certain that this is going to work and this is going to make a huge impact. And then I saw the results and I was like, Ooh, okay, that didn't work. And then you try to learn from it and then see what, uh, what works. And the process is, is that you try to be structured you try to be structured in how you run your experiments, but also like, where are you doing your experiments and how are you prioritizing? Because I think a big mistake that a lot of people make when they start growing a company is they, they just do random things. Uh, and yeah. you want to be really focused and see what, what can make the biggest impact. Uh, and that's what I try to help companies with is to look at their situation and see what can you do? Like what's one area that will have a disproportionate big impact on your growth when you start to run experiments over there. So you have a more of a scientific approach, do more structured testing, structured experimentation, 
but how do I find out uh, what will actually grow my company? Where do I start? Okay. I think that that's a really good question. Uh, and to be honest, it, it, it's all depending on the context. Where is somebody? How long does the company already exist? What have they done before? What haven't they done? Uh, and I've spent a lot of time thinking in the last months, like, how could I answer this, this question? Like when we talk, for example, about growth levers instead of growth hacks. Uh, so I try, I found three things together with my wife where we did a lot of research uh, to, to cover this question. And I think the first thing is like your dream 100. So other people's network, there are already other people who have your customers. Uh, and how can you get people from that place to your side? The second thing is like, do you have a value ladder in place? So do you have an offer that somebody comes in, they can buy a very small first product, which delivers so much value that after that, the next product is gonna be easier to buy. And then I've, I've seen examples where the first product was for example, 100 euro, and the third product was 3000. And actually people were buying the third product faster compared to the first product because they had already seen a lot of value. And revenue stress testing is the third one, the third lever. And that's all about how much revenue can you handle? So can you really stretch your organization? Uh, uh, because a lot of people say they want to grow, but they're not building the processes. They're not automating things. They're not outsourcing. Uh, and they don't build an infrastructure who'd, who could handle all that growth. So what I always try to do when I come in to see, okay, where should you start? Is to see what has worked in the past. And have you completely doubled down on that? Because that's when, if I had to advise a lot of people, what would be the next step for them? Take a look and see what works. What's already working? And how can you do more of that? Okay, so get products, have a value letter, and how much revenue can you handle? Did I re yeah. record yeah. that correctly? Yeah, so, so the first one is the dream 100. Uh, so you want to find 100 places where your ideal customer is already online. Mm -hmm. So are they following certain influencers? Are they in certain Facebook groups? Uh, uh, so if you sell, for example, dog food on your e-commerce site, there are at least 100 places online where dog owners are coming together to talk about dogs. So how can you get in over there? How can you add value to that community uh, so that the community owners or, or people from that community see you as an expert and because of that come to your platform? Or how can you advertise over there to get those people to your platform? Okay, okay. And uh, now that I'm starting this process and I have my mindset in place, uh, now how do I measure my progress? Yeah, so it's, I think it's, it's important as Sean Ellis, the guy who coined growth hacking said it before, is that you have like a one metric that matters. So you have like one KPI that you're working towards too. So that could be uh, getting 10 clients or onboarding 10 new clients per week or making this amount of revenue per month. So what you, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you have one metric and not focus on 10 different things. So one, one metric you're gonna work on that you're gonna run experiments on to see if you can influence that metric. And then after that, you pick another one and you pick another one and you pick another one. And the best metrics to choose are uh, metrics, one metric that matters that are an indication 
that the end user got more value out of your product. So for example, with Uber, they say the amount of rides or with Airbnb, the amount of nights that are booked. Because you would assume that if that goes up, it means that new customers are coming in, but also old customers are coming back. So can you find a proxy for your business that you would say, okay, if people buy, uh, five, let's say you have this dark uh, food uh, shop, you yeah. could say, I, I want to sell 10,000 kilos of dark food every month. Because why would you sell dark food? Because the dog ate it. And why, does the dog, why is the dog eating it? Because he likes it. And in that way, you can put a metric that is an indication for value and you can connect it to revenue, profit, your conversion rates and how much traffic you need to bring to your website. Okay, so before you mentioned that 23 pages of, of uh, instructions or a checklist, cheat sheet or anything, something like that. So can you give us an insight into, the, into that? Yeah. Yeah, so sure. So the cheat sheet is a one pager where we explain those three growth levers uh, with very concrete action steps. So what are the first things that you need to do to build your dream 100? Uh, how, do you out, how do you enter a community? How do you build relationships over there? Also with the value ladder, the second one, like what is a value ladder? And if you have one product, it's, I've seen so many companies only sell one product. Well, there are so many people who would have bought a higher price product from you and also a lower price product from you. If they had a good experience with the first one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But what also works a lot is uh, that once people have one product in the cart and they bought it, they are in a buying high. So that means that if you offer a next product to them uh, at that point, which is either lower or higher priced, that could really increase your average order value. And if you have like an automated value ladder in place, and that's something that we describe over there, how to do that, you're automatically increasing your, your orders with 10, 20, 30% every time because you're strategically selling them more and better products. So your cost per order is lower and you sell more, both. Yeah, times. yeah. In, in, in the perfect way, it's, it's both. Um, and I'm pretty old school in that, is that I... Don't say you have this marketing budget, but I always look, okay, what's the allowable cost of acquisition? So when I was doing marketing years ago for a sunglasses shop, I had an unlimited budget on Google, but only one limitation is that on average for every pair of sunglasses that I sold, the maximum cost per sale would be $20. So if I had a campaign that was on average $22, I had to be less aggressive but if it was 18, I had to be more aggressive. So just targeting and, the sweet spot. Yeah, targeting the sweet spot. And with a value ladder, you can really make sure that somebody spends more per order and that they come back more frequent. And with the third one, with the revenue stress testing, you're really focusing on what's the bottleneck for my growth. So what is really blocking us that we're not reaching to the next level? So, uh, so how do I do stress testing on the revenue? How much can I can handle? How do I know that? Yeah. So for example, a client uh, that was uh, that's also uh, in uh, in SaaS, which I uh, I guided a couple of weeks ago, uh, they had five new leads every day, and what we described in our revenue stress test is the 10x test, and asked people what would break if we would 10x our revenue. So I asked them the question: if we if you guys had to 
bring in 10 times more leads per day. So 10x the amount of leads. What will be different? And they started thinking and they were like, okay, we just need to make some automation for this and do that on Facebook in a different way. And then we could basically 10x the amount of leads that we could, that we could, come, uh, could get in. And one month later, they, to the exact number, they had 10 times more leads compared to the period before. But it's just by, yeah, but why were they able to do that? Yeah. Because we were proactively removing bottlenecks. So we were strategically about what could break and how can we already fix that so we can handle more leads that come in. Yeah, okay. and, and what we do, we have this, the cheat sheet. Uh, so that's like a one pager. Then we have like the ebook behind it with more than 20 pages. And if people want to double down on that even more, then we have a growth challenge where we send uh, 30 exercises to people complete with explanation and really concrete action steps uh, on what they can do to implement all these, uh, all these levers. And then after 30 days, like your business is really on a completely different level. Um, okay. What was your, like, when you were experimenting, what would you describe as your, bigger, as your biggest fail? Oh, I've had so much like the, yeah, the biggest fail. I think yesterday I got a reply back from a very big influencer who I helped with, uh, with their growth strategy. And I was completely convinced that they had a product for a certain audience and I knew that they would buy it like crazy. Uh, so I told him like, okay, go after that market. He did it and he made zero sales. Zero. Zero. <laughs> and because the indications, the, the reason why I thought it would work was because for one type of client, it was working really well. So I thought, okay, if it works for that type of client, then it will probably also work for all the other ones. Well, that wasn't the case, but by doing it, they noticed that one area wasn't working, but actually in another area, they were really taking off. And I think that's the most important thing with experimentation. The more experiments you run, the more you will also fail, but failure, every failure, every experiment that hasn't worked has a gift, the present to really find out where it could work. And if you run more experiments, you basically get more gifts, more presents, on where to find uh, what you can do to grow your e-commerce business. Okay, so you would support the, the paradigm fail early, fail often, or is yeah, that it's, important it's, to you? The, the thing is, I wouldn't say fail often. I would say uh, do structured experimentation at a very high pace, at a very and high tempo. Learn and, beca from. and because of that, you will fail a lot, and from that, you will learn. Yeah, you need to learn from your failures. Uh, what about your biggest surprised success? Let's say when you did an experiment, you weren't expecting much, but it turned mm -hmm. out to be a great success. Do you remember any of that? Yeah, I think the once where we, we changed a giveaway, uh, we changed two pictures. One picture had a lady that was holding the box and the other picture that, that was just like the present. Uh, and the client were, was completely certain that will that will not make a difference. Uh, but we did some insights based on psychology, uh, and we thought, okay, you know what? Maybe it's going to work. Maybe not. Let's try it. Uh, but that actually made a 500k uh, impact uh, that experiment. 
So it's 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 also the the things where you don't expect it that it could really work. Half a million, half a million, or five thousand, yeah. five hundred thousand clicks, or F half a million. Half a million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. In order to do that, all that it's quite a process. Do I do I need any tools to to uh, track my progress to uh, to record my experiments to record my learnings? What would you suggest there? Uh, which tool to use? Is so, there some kind of methodology behind it, or how do I approach this? I think it, it really depends on how structured you already are from yourself. Uh, uh, and if you're a startup, like I wouldn't buy these experiment, ex, uh, expensive experiment uh, tools. Like just use a Google Excel sheet and like record your experiments over there or use a Google Doc. But once your team grows mm -hmm. and your communication basically breaks over there, uh, then you can use an experimentation tool. But the basis is, is do you have a structured process in place? So are you taking the time for ID generation? Are you taking the time to prioritize? Are you documenting your results? Uh, and the tools are basically an easier way to document your results. But if you're already doing that, you're, you don't need the tool. So you have yeah, like- It's just a way of structuring things then. Then you don't need it if you're alone probably. And yeah. Okay. So yeah, you have growfactors.com. We have a tool. Uh, Effective experiments is a tool that uh, that I've seen a lot uh, that that works, and they all have their pros and cons. Yeah. Okay. So for fresh clients to or people who are fresh to growth hacking growth business, three very simple steps to do in one sentence, like record your experiments, prioritize. What would be your three most important sentences for new guys? So I would say pick a goal. That's step one. Uh, then the second thing is like, what have you already done in your business that has helped you move forward to that goal? And basically, how can you double down on that? Okay. Or what's the principle behind it where you need to double down on? And what, and what I see is that uh, in growth, a lot of people are not aggressive enough. So what I mean with that is that it's also something we share in our challenge is that on average, if you want to sell something to somebody, you need to follow up at least five times. And we see a lot of people stop following up or stop sending advertisements to people when they haven't even seen your brand five times. And it's crazy what you can see that the tipping point on your third or like your, your fifth follow-up that people react with like, oh, thanks. Like I didn't see this before or thanks for reminding. And like, believe me, like that makes a huge difference in how much money you're making. Just that one extra email or that one extra follow-up. And if you are afraid to be spammy, don't worry, you won't be spammy. No, it's just exactly what my thoughts were. So I, I would say that after three mails, we are being spammy. We are bullying people. So let's stop, be gentle. So, but you're suggesting the other thing, be aggressive, at least five follow-ups. Yeah, it's like it's a different approach. Because people are busy and they get a lot of emails and they need to see your brand a couple of times. And of course, there's some nuance to it. So if you follow up, please buy from me, please buy from me, please buy from me that you're just, you're just like a, a spammy idiot. It's just like, that, that, that doesn't work in real life either. But if you add value with every email and, and you then end with a sentence like, hey, did you like this? 
uh, then you can order it over here. Then it works really well. Okay, so what about the channels? Is this only email or do you suggest all of the possible channels? Uh, I don't know, snail mail, email, uh, pop-ups. What do you suggest? Which is the best channel to, to go through? Um, so in e-commerce, the most profitable channel is email. So if I would have an e-commerce shop, I would always try to focus on, try to get the contact details of people as fast as possible. So their name, their email address, and then have an autoresponder in place. So automatic emails that bring value to people that show that you understand their pains and fears, that you understand the, the problems that they have, you understand the context where they're in. And when somebody feels understood, then it's also easier to uh, to let them buy from you. Okay. Um, okay, only one more question that I have to ask is, uh, which was the company or your client that you learned from the most? That was like a tipping point in your career and why? Um, I think that uh, one client was from years ago. It was called HelloPrint, uh, which is an e-commerce uh, shop. Uh, and they already had a pretty good team. I think they were around uh, like between five and 10 million in revenue at that time. Uh, and I trained, I think, 40 people from them with the goal to get them to 100 million euros in revenue within three years. And increased by 10 times in three years. Yeah. 10 times. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And it was really cool to see the, how I was also challenged in that, uh, in that process to, to really bring the best uh, outside of me. And yeah, it was really cool to work with, with very smart people who were really ambitious and they didn't stop working. They had one goal and they would go after it. And that was that was really impactful. And that's what I now also try to, to help my clients with. Like, it's possible to grow really fast, but also are you willing to do what's necessary for them? Yeah, so if in this process, you probably had the same approach as you do in, in any growth hacking. You, you picked a goal, which was get from 10 million to 100 million, and you checked what they have already done. And... Then what? And then we were running an, a lot of experiments. But what we also did is because they were relatively small in that industry, mm -hmm. we also uh, had a look at what had their competitors already done and what worked for them. Because you don't have to, you don't have to figure out everything yourself. You can take best practices from your competitor and see what they're doing and use that as an experiment if that works also for you. So copying is the the best case of admiration or something like that what's the proverb i, I don't yeah remember. I, I i i know what you mean i wouldn't say we were exactly copying but we were trying to figure out what are the principles behind what they are doing why is it working and mm -hmm. what can we take from that and repackage it so it would work in our context so it wasn't just blind copying it was understanding the process behind yeah. the competition and yeah working on your strengths to get there yeah definitely Okay, I, I really appreciate all these examples that you have given us. Um, I thank you for this, this conversation. I, I believe it was really good. I learned thank a you. lot from it. That's uh, good. So thank you very much, Chris. Um, yeah, thank you. And I hope our audience will also enjoy it just as I did. And let's hear from each other some other time. 
yeah that, that's great and if people want to connect they're they're more than welcome to reach out on uh, on linkedin uh to add me or to go to my uh, site chrisout.com and either download the cheat sheet or send me a message i'm, I'm really have happy. a downloadable cheat sheet on chrisout.com yeah and i'm always really happy to help so feel free to send a message thank you chris Thank <laughs> you.